Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast. My name is Rake van Niekerk and my guest today is Shwaib Vayesh. He is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Afina Capital. Shwaib, welcome to the show. We are currently seeing a lot of activity and external noise in markets, most notably in the US where we may be at the bottom of a rising interest rate cycle. Um, and this could have a pronounced impact on emerging markets, uh, especially, well, including South Africa. What do you foresee the impact will be? Uh, thank you, Rake. Yeah, I think events of the last week uh, with the U.S. presidential election certainly took markets by surprise, uh, not just the result of the election, but uh, the, the subsequent reaction by markets to that election result as well. So, you know, into into that election Obviously, the polls being in Hillary Clinton's favor, um, the end result with Trump winning wasn't expected by, by most of the pollsters. But then the strategists that, that we were listening to before were saying that in the event of a Trump victory, we're likely to see markets sell off quite significantly. You know, estimates were about at least 5% down on the S&P, uh, whereas initially we may have seen that reaction in markets for the first hour or so. You know, uh, I think by the end of that day, markets had recovered quite substantially on the back of some of his utterances around uh, fiscal stimulus, for instance. There's a lot more risk in the in the U.S. at the moment due to the unpredictability of, of Trump. Yeah, I would agree. So I think, you know, what what Hillary would have guaranteed was more of the same. And that's probably why why the U.S. electorate chose to, to vote more in favor of Donald Trump, because he... He, he represented something different from from the past, and you know, if we remember, I think this all probably stems from the global financial crisis and the sort of quagmire that the world's been in with the lack of growth. You know, we've tried to the furthest extent to try and stimulate a recovery through excessive monetary policy, and over the last year or two, there's been increasing recognition that we've come to the end of the road. In that respect, the most significant signal almost a year ago when the U.S. Fed started raising interest rates for the first time. But even with the Bank of Japan, as well as the ECB in Europe, there's talk that there wouldn't be further acceleration of of monetary easing and the burden needs to shift towards uh, fiscal easing. We have seen an outflow of a lot of hot money came to South Africa uh, and, uh, you know, the rising interest rates may you know, pull some of that back. Uh, what, what do you expect will happen in the next few months and, and what would, could the potential impact be on the local market? Yeah, so there's quite a, quite a few factors at play at the moment, uh, which makes the situation quite volatile. Um, on the one hand, we have our own uh, credit rating decisions coming up in the early part of December from two of the rating agencies. Uh, and at the same time, we've got a potential Fed rate hike in December, which is pretty much priced into markets. Um, you know, I think a key factor is SA-specific. Uh, if we do get downgraded, you know, we're likely to continue seeing outflows and further sell-offs in the RAND. Let's look at the local market. It seems to be very volatile, but it's a sideways volatility. And you know, from my perspective, there seems to be more a downside risk than an upside risk. Uh, do you agree? Uh, just in terms of the, your comment on volatility, um, as you're saying, pretty much sideways, but given the currency volatility we have seen, uh, you must remember that in dollars our market has moved quite a bit. So, you know, there was quite a significant sell-off and, and subsequent recovery in dollars. 
so, you know, I think the RANDs often cushions the impact of the sell-offs that we, that we see in, in South African assets. And, you know, I think dollar, dollar prices are, are what matters ultimately. Uh, in terms of our view of the local market, uh, we actually think that the market's pretty much fair value uh, at current level. So we, we're looking for returns off the order of 12 to 14% from year uh, based on some of the top-down as well as bottom-up work. However, what's, what's key for us as active managers is the dispersion within the market. So, you know, there's increased polarization within the market where we have certain stocks and sectors that are highly overvalued uh, and the opposite in, in, in others. So we think dispersion is quite high and that bodes quite well for active managers going forward. 12%, do you expect that for this year? It's difficult to pinpoint a forecast a year ahead. Uh, but that's the sort of return we'd be expecting on average over a rolling three-year period from this point. And how far are we off that currently? Oh, well, as I'm saying, that, that would be our expectation going forward for the next three years. So it would be sort of close to our benchmark return of about 14% that mm-hmm. we expect from equities over the long term. Don't you think that is quite aggressive given the, the current depressed state of the market? Uh, well, that's, as I said, that's what our bottom-up as well as top-down research uh, reflects. Although, as I said, you know, depending on where you position within sectors, the outcome could be quite different. What is your asset allocation currently? Where are you overweight and where are you underweight? Uh, we currently run mainly equity long-only funds, uh, so we actually don't take uh, asset allocation decisions. Our main strength is our stock pickers. Investec announced um, yesterday that they are actually going long on the dollar currently, um, which is, uh, I would imagine, a, a quite predictable strategy to reduce a bit of currency risk. Uh, would you agree with that strategy? Uh, if we look at the, the RAND over the long term, we still think the RAND is quite undervalued or quite cheap at these levels. So I think, you know, over the long term, we should see a reversion in the RAND. What's quite interesting to me as a commodity analyst as well, uh, we've had quite a strong rally in many of the commodities that we produce, yet we yet to see the RAND impact. And I think that's partly a reflection of what's happening to the U.S. dollar post the Trump victory, where we've seen a strong rally uh, as well as into the, the potential Fed hike in December, but also partly what's happening in South Africa in terms of our own political risk and the risk of a downgrade that I mentioned earlier. So in a way, that's quite beneficial for South African exporters and and commodity companies. But I think ordinarily we would, we would have seen a slightly stronger RAN uh, given we are terms of trade at the moment. You know, on balance over the long term, I would say that the RAN should strengthen from here. If you look at the JSE, there are, you know, significant differences in valuations, as you've said earlier. Where are you seeing value? Currently, we still, and you must remember that, as I said, you know, we manage mainly equity long-only mandates. So the valuation that I talk about is more in a relative sense. And that valuation would be, at the moment, concentrated within the resource sector, uh, particularly within the general miners and platinum miners, where on the general mining side, you know, we've got quite strong cash flow yields on a spot basis, but the market doesn't seem to be buying into those. So as consensus starts to catch up, we're likely to see a re-rating of those stocks over time if those prices don't sell down in an aggressive fashion in the interim. 
On the platinum sector, we've seen quite a sell-off you know, in both gold and platinum on the back of this, this Fed hike, um, the anticipation of the second Fed hike. And, you know, we think that over time that, that situation should normalize, um, especially as, 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 as the interest rates revert, which would be positive for precious metals, including platinum. Uh, we also think that platinum prices at these levels are unsustainable, which demands high valuations from those companies. We also see quite a bit of value in the financial space, particularly the South African banks. You know, although they've rallied quite significantly post-Nenegate, uh, they're still trading on quite attractive multiples in yields. Is there any specific bank you uh, prefer? Currently, we've got positions in all of the big four banks. Uh, we tend to avoid Capitec, which we think is quite expensive, despite its, its growth outlook. Uh, so I would say it's pretty much evenly spread among the, the big four. Looking at your individual funds, um, for retail investors, you have a limit of 100,000 rand, uh, which could be quite steep. Um, why do you limit uh, you know, the amount of which you can enter your funds with? Um, I think it's more just a practical consideration on our side, given the, we're not a, not a large firm, and uh, I think smaller amounts would create quite a bit of an admin um, burden on the company. So it's just more from that perspective, we'd rather have larger clients where we can cope with the admin burden, given our resources. The bulk of our assets are in institutional mandates. Your main retail offering is the FINA Capital Equity Fund. Uh, how big is it and, and what is your approach there? Firstly, in terms of our investment philosophy, uh, we are valuation focused. So we tend to buy undervalued companies. Uh, our process has also been enhanced over the years where we try to time our, our entry into those undervalued companies much better to avoid value traps. Uh, so we take quite a bit of consideration of both the prospects as well as the quality of the underlying investment so that we don't buy too early or sell too late. What are your main holdings in there? Uh, currently, if you look at our top 10 holdings, one must also remember that, you know, it's more driven by the benchmark. So our top 10 holdings, you know, would be Naspers, Bulletin, um, Richmond and Anglos. Uh, but from an active point of view, relative to the benchmark, our top overweights would be Old Mutual, uh, Hoskin Consolidated, AECI, Netcare, and Pan-African Holdings. And on the underweight side, you know, although we ha- our largest holding is NUSPAS, would be underweight NUSPAS, SAPI, Aspen, Anglo Gold, and Capitec. If you, you know, there are many investors out there that are looking at the market and uh, they're very concerned, um, especially on the, the medium-term future of the market. Uh, you earlier said on, an, on a rolling three-year basis, uh, you know, a good return would be around 12% per year. Are you uh, concerned about the, the short and medium-term outlook um, and the, the potential risks our market face? As I said, I don't think I'm that concerned now, given the valuation. Uh, I think we have seen quite a sell-off in bonds re- lately, given the the, the changes in, in the U.S. market regime, so to speak, which for us as value investors has actually been quite beneficial. So that's tended to favor our investment philosophy and style, and that's led to some outperformance in the market. Also from a growth perspective, you know, it seems that the bottom of the cycle was about a year ago and that we're now into quite a confirmed upward-trending business cycle 
which I think would also be quite positive for equities going forward, uh, especially some of the positions that we hold. So there's not a lot keeping you awake at night? <laughs> I wouldn't say that. So I think uh, as we look into... As we look into next year, you know, there's as much political risk, not just within South Africa, but internationally as well, quite a few elections and referendums in Europe. So the way we try and manage that risk is through our gold positioning within the fund. So I mentioned Pan-African as a key holding, um, but we tend to stay around neutral in terms of our exposure to the gold equities and trade around that, around events. So... You know, even if we think that sector is particularly expensive, we're unlikely to go significantly underweight, uh, given some of the risks out there. So that's one of the ways of managing it. The other ways of managing it is to try and minimize your exposure to macro factors, you know, and try and just bring out this, the underlying stock picking rather than an exposure to any particular, let's just say, a commodity price or interest rate or currency. Thank you, Shweb. That was Shoeib Vayesh. He is a senior portfolio manager at Afina Capital.